0: Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jason Reed, the acting side expert over at lakeshowlife.com. Um, since we've last talked, look... The Lakers look dang good. Uh, Last time I came at you was on Wednesday. Here we are on Sunday, right before a a marquee matchup against the Golden State Warriors and then the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, But the Lakers, man, they look great. Uh, So since we recorded, we had two games, two relatively small market games. We had the Thunder, and then we had a compelling game on Friday night against New Orleans Pelicans. And it was, you know, everything that we wanted it to be. After some close games against some bad teams early on in the season, the Lakers finally, you know, they've opened it up here recently uh, against the Thunder, 128-99. to 99. Uh, That was just, you know, thorough. You know, the Lakers were the most more talented team going in. We all knew that, but they really showed that in this game. They didn't even let the Thunder really be close. Uh, then against the Pelicans, I mean, Pelicans, obviously compelling matchup. They didn't have Lonzo Ball, my favorite player. Uh, and the Pelicans came out well. You know, they outscored the Lakers in the first quarter, went into halftime up one, And then the Lakers just took over in the second half, you know, in the third quarter, took that lead, and then just kind of held it in the fourth quarter, extended it. And at the end of the day, it was a 112-95 victory. That's back-to-back games that the Lakers' defense has allowed under 100 points, which is, you know, a really big deal uh, in the modern NBA. And if you go back to their games before that, I mean, this Lakers' defense is playing phenomenally. Uh, Against the Houston Rockets, 100 points, 102 points. um, You know, against the Grizzlies when they played them, 92-94. Spurs, 103. Timberwolves, 91. Um, you know, and they've had some clunkers, you know, loss to the Clippers allowed one sixteen, loss to the Blazers are allowed one fifteen. Um, but if that I mean the highest any team has scored against them is one eighteen this season. So if that's like the you know, the worst case scenario. And how's the San Antonio Spurs who on that night literally could not miss. It's like, you know, they were playing with a cheat code or something. They were playing on rookie mode on NBA two K twenty one. Um if that's the case, I mean, Jesus this Lakers team is insane. But you know, that's a little update for anyone that hasn't been able to like watch the games. Um you know, I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast has at least kept up with the results, but if not, that's what we're looking at. Lakers, I believe, on our five game, five game winning streak. Uh, they set a franchise record, most wins in a row on the road to open a season. I believe that number is at seven, uh, seven and oh on the road. Um, but they're just playing great basketball, and they're not just, you know, yeah, seven and no on the road. They're not just playing great basketball, you know, propelling themselves up the standings, but they're playing great basketball that's literally having an impact on the rest of the league. Uh, we talked about this last time. Last episode we were coming fresh off the Rockets win, and you know James Harden made his comments, and I talked about how you know the Lakers broke the Rockets for the second time, and it's going to be interesting to see what the Rockets do. Do they try to trade him? I even said maybe by the time you're listening to this, they already traded him. What do you know? That next day they trade James Harden. A little bit bad timing by me, but I mean we got a set schedule. That's what happens with these things. Um, the Rockets traded James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets, and I wanted to record a Lakeshore Life podcast episode about it, but. It's not directly impacting the Lakers, even though it could impact the Lakers down the road. But it was just interesting how they literally, you know, beat the Rockets bad for, you know, the second time in, you know, three months, four months. And then this time, you know, last time it led to, you know, Russell Westbrook, that was his last game playing, you know, on the Houston Rockets. Now it's James Harden's last game playing on the Houston Rockets. Um, And obviously the Nets are now a potential finals uh, competitor. They are someone I would say if the best version of this team, you know, is, it exists then they are absolutely the favorites in the east i'll talk about that in a second um but the trade itself i mean so we had james harden going to to brooklyn brooklyn sent jared allen and uh teron prince to cleveland and then it was karis lavert and forward rodinos Karouks. i'll be honest guys i've never heard of that guy i'm not going to sit here and pretend like oh yeah you know Karouks. he's got a great jump shot i have no idea who that is um so they sent them to Indiana and then Oladipo ended up going to Houston Uh, but they sent a lot of a lot of picks to 2022 2024 2026 all unprotected picks going to Houston and then they also Houston also got four pick swaps 2021 which doesn't sound right because we've already done the 2021 draft Uh, 2023 2025 2027 Um, the Rockets also got Dante Exum in a 2022 first round pick from Cleveland via Milwaukee and Brooklyn acquires a 2024 second round draft pick from the Cavaliers to complete the deal. So a lot of moving pieces. Um, first of all, Karis the came out in a physical that he, they found a mass on one of his lungs. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers out to him. I hope that's not a serious issue. Anytime you see a mass on any body part, you know, that's really, really scary. And I know that's the nets, I believe sent some additional money to the Pacers for that. Um, but you know, I just hope it's not a life threatening thing. I hope it's something where they figure it out. They can remove it. You know, he misses a month or two, um, You know, things are scary and, you know, maybe this is a blessing in disguise that they found this because of this trade. Um, You know, just, you know, thinking about him, hoping he's okay. And it's a scary thing. It really is, you know, it's just, it's a reminder how, you know, NBA players are just like us, even though it doesn't seem like it. Um, As far as Houston's return in that deal, you know, I thought, I talked about it on the last Lakeshore Life podcast episode. And I was saying how these trades where you'd get, you know, an above average role player and some young guys and, you know, a few picks like they usually don't work out very well in this case with Houston. I, I think, you know, I think this is a good return. Obviously the Ben Simmons return was kind of the more intriguing because they get a superstar right away. But if you really think about it, the Rockets weren't going to win a championship with Ben Simmons and John wall as you know, and Christian Wood as their three best players. They just weren't They were Maybe an eight seed, you know, who would probably get bounced by the Lakers in round one. Um, so, instead you know they get oladipo who is someone on an expiring deal they could free up the money after this year or maybe they can extend him you know to a not as large of a contract as ben simmons Um, and they can keep him in bay and it kind of be oladipo or you know he could be a free agent and then you free up the cap space and you have john wall and christian wood and maybe they spend money on a free agent next summer or maybe they just hold on to that money um the picks i know picks see here's an interesting thing because the the pendulum has swung both ways so Usually most fans are like, oh my God, that's a lot of picks. Like that's absurd. What are they doing? Um, but then, you know, a lot of fans and, you know, us pundits too, we've kind of realized like picks don't, aren't really that valuable in the NBA. Um, there's, you know, five guys in every single draft class. Who's like a true franchise, even not even franchise, just like five all-star caliber players in every draft class. And that might even be generous. Um, so, you know, trading these picks, you know, it might, it's not as big of a deal as it seems. That's, that's why we saw like Milwaukee trade five picks for Drew holiday, the one thing I would say is I feel like we've swung a little bit too far in the reverse direction where we're like, Oh, these picks don't matter because there absolutely is, you know, a possibility because James Harden's only under contract for another, what, two years. Kevin Durant's only got another two years. Kyrie's only got another two years, I believe. Um, there's a possibility where, yeah, they win their title. And then at that point, you know, it's kind of worth it. Um, you know, especially for the nets, but let's say they win their title. They don't win their title. If they don't win their title, then it looks terrible. And these guys walk. They go elsewhere after two to three years. Um, It's definitely a possibility. I mean, we see player movement all the time. It's, you know, absurd how much player movement is in today's league. And there's a chance by 2024, 2025, they don't have any of these guys. And they're a bottom, you know, and if all these guys leave, what kind of stars are they going to get in return and all that stuff. And they could, again, be in the bottom of the barrel of the league. And then they're in the same situation they were at the beginning of this decade, the 2010s, I should say, where, you know, it was more the mid-2010s where they're losing all their draft capital to Boston, except this time it's Houston. So there's absolutely a possibility that from, you know, 2024 to 2027 or 2025 to 2027 if the Nets don't figure it out and they don't keep these guys and they don't pivot off of these guys, there's a good chance that the Rockets are just getting extra lottery picks and, you know, it sounds weird because they're essentially trading for like a what an 8th grader or a 7th grader, but in the future, you know, it could be like, "Oh, well the James Harden trade, you know, Look, it's paying off down the line. Of course, you got to make the right selection. You got to hope that a generational talent comes in those years, kind of like a Jason Tatum with Boston, or like a Luca Doncic, uh, which isn't a guarantee, of course. So, I thought it was a decent return. I don't think they were going to get much more. James Harden was very obviously wa- wanted out, and was kind of using his leverage. And the Rockets kind of had to do what they had to do. I mean, it sucks. They gave it a go with Harden. You know, they gave him CP3. They gave him Westbrook. You know, they made some conference championships. They almost made the finals. You know, it just kind of sucks that the Warriors were, you know, in this era. You know, if they're in the East, there's some years where they probably beat Cleveland and they make it to the finals. Absolutely. Like 2018 easily, Uh, maybe even eh, 2017 Cavs were good, but it's, it's a shame that they never won. And now Harden obviously is in Brooklyn where we're looking at a team where if it works, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, Kevin Durant top what 20, 25 player all time, maybe even higher than that top five player in the league, one of the greatest scorers of all time. Uh, He's played on a super team, and he knows how to sacrifice. Granted, some of those later days in Golden State were not great. Um, We have Kyrie, who has been the number two before, but wanted to leave that situation because he no longer wanted to be the number two. And, you know, he was agreeing to be the number two with Kevin Durant, obviously, but now you bring in Harden. Kyrie's the number three. Harden seems, you know, right now he's saying all the right things. You know, I'm going to make my teammates better you know, all this stuff, you know, that's all I care about wins, making my teammates better. I don't care about how many points I score. That's all great to say now, but when we're in June and we have these three guys, you know, and it's a tough playoff game and they lose and, you know, they're down 2-1 in a series or 1-0, like, is this a group that's going to mesh together and overcome adversity like that? I don't know. Um, I think Kyrie's really the wild card here. I mean, if I was Brooklyn, personally, they're never going to do this, but I would look to flip Kyrie for someone, you know, they can get a, a, a lesser tier third star, um, and like a pick in return. I absolutely think like this won't happen again, but like if Washington was like, Hey, we'll give you Bradley Beal for Kyrie, like straight up and maybe some other assets, whatever. Like I would do that in a heartbeat. Bradley Beal's a much better third option. Granted, they wouldn't have a point guard then. Um, and again, that that wouldn't happen, but it's just it's going to be interesting to watch unfold and if this does work and the lakers make the finals this absolutely is going to be the team that the lakers face in the nba finals now there's a possibility of it blowing up of course you never root for this um injuries are always you know that can change everything uh, even for the lakers um but besides them i mean the Bucks, you know, the Bucs are like the Ravens in the NFL, you know, and Giannis is like Lamar Jackson. They're both sensational players and they're both very young in their career. So they have plenty of time to turn this around, but insane regular season team. But once you get to the playoffs and things really matter and teams have, you know, they're kind of, I don't want to say more focused Well, in the NBA, they are more focused. Absolutely. You're playing them seven times and you get used to a style like that, but it's just, he hasn't got it done. And it's, it, it's becoming a trend at this point. And at this point, you kind of have to expect it until he overcomes it. Now, can he overcome it? Absolutely. I'm not saying he can't, but to you know just be like, oh, the Bucks are going to walk through this. I mean, I wouldn't say that. You know, teams have figured out how to stop them, especially you know the Nets. DeAndre Jordan's not the greatest center, but they have you know Kevin Durant to kind of stick on Giannis and slow him down. And I don't know if the Bucks can score more than the Nets. You know, quite frankly, even though they do have good pieces, and then you have a team like the Sixers who are playing phenomenal this year. I think they're actually the hardest team to really match up up against, you know, in the entire East, um, just for anyone, you know, when Embiid's cooking, he's playing at MVP level right now. That's fantastic for them. Ben Simmons is a top five, top 10 defender in the league. Um, they got really better with their floor spacing, you know, Seth Curry, uh, Danny Green's been terrible, but they're hoping he could turn it around. Um, you know, Al Horford was just a terrible, terrible fit on that team. And it was addition by subtraction. Um, so a team, you know, I think is a nightmare matchup because I don't know who stops Joel Embiid in the East. Uh, definitely not DeAndre Jordan, uh, maybe um, Giannis. But... And then we have the Celtics, who I feel like are the worst matchup for the Lakers personally, besides the Nets, you know, the Nets' overall talent, but just straight-up matchup-wise. You know, the Celtics are a really good wing team with a good guard. Um, again, the worst possible matchup is still not a bad matchup. I think the Lakers matchup great against any team in the league. I am a little concerned about their depth at the center position, but they'll figure that out. And it's going to take a team like the like the Nets, who are just you know, just raw talent, is what it's going to take to beat the Lakers. Um, and the Nets know that, and they didn't want to waste this Kevin Durant thing, especially not knowing what's going on with Kyrie, because he's not even with the team right now. Again, another reason to think this might not work out. Um, and they went all in. And, you know, I, I was talking about those picks, but, you know, seven picks for James Harden looks a lot better when five picks are going for Drew Holiday and seven picks are going for Paul George. So, um it's interesting. It changed the whole landscape of the league, and I thought it was worth you know mentioning and talking about at the beginning of this episode, just because you know the Lakers beating the beating the Rockets, leading to Harden getting traded, and then obviously you know a potential Finals matchup, and you know Lakers podcast, but it's an NBA podcast too. You know Lakers are part of the NBA, so we got to talk about that. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on before we get into the Golden State Warriors preview again, no uh, guests joining us today. Hand up, been really busy this week. Got a new puppy. Y- y'all know if you listen. Um, just been busy with trying to balance work and a puppy. And I'm be honest, I didn't reach out. I reached out to uh, some Pelicans people to talk to them. Um, it didn't work out, you know, scheduling and whatnot didn't work out this time. It was just all on me, um, slipped my mind. So again, another solo episode. Sorry, I know that's you know solo podcasts aren't necessarily the greatest thing in the world. Hopefully, I'm making it you know a positive experience. But uh, it's definitely better to have a guest and kind of to bounce off of and you know talk about things. Before we jump into the Warriors, I had an article go up on Lake Show Life. On the website itself and i kind of wanted just to talk about it here and see if anyone you know wants to leave any feedback maybe you could leave us a five-star review on apple podcast kind of telling me what you think what side of the coin that i'm going to present you're going to take uh you could tweet me at each your readies. you could tweet um the lake show life twitter handle which i'm terrible but i actually don't know off the top of my head and i should know because i run that account at the lake show life that's what i thought it was but i didn't want to be wrong um and look silly you could tweet that you could tweet me at at each your um, you can leave a comment on the article itself. You could find it over at Lake Show Life. Um, but the article and the kind of comparison, it's the all-time homegrown Lakers versus the all-time imported Lakers. So I got this idea from, you know, Anthony Davis playing the Pelicans on Friday, and I did an article about the best Lakers games, um, best games by Lakers greats against their former teams. AD's game against the Pelicans last year was one of them. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, this team, you know, this is the first Lakers team, I think, ever, Absolutely ever, actually, where both superstars are imported. They're not homegrown. They weren't drafted. Um, you know, you figure you have Kobe and Shaq, there was a homegrown guy there. You have the Showtime Lakers, there was two, three, four homegrown guys there. You have, you know, Jerry West and all them, they're homegrown. So, you know, Kobe Powell, you know, obviously Kobe homegrown. This is, you know, the first time where there's no one there's not a single player I mean there's Kyle Kuzma and Taylor Horton Tucker but there's not, you know, that really big impact player, you know, maybe THT one day. I don't think Kyle Kuzma is. Y'all know that. Um, it, it's all external, you know, AD, LeBron, Dennis Schroeder, Montrez, Harrell, K C P, P, Wes Matthews, Marcus Saul, Caruso, I guess would be considered homegrown. Marquise Morris. Like these are all guys that they brought in externally. And um, it's just weird to see a team that's completely external, especially the Lakers who are, you know, so prestigious and have drafted really well in you know previous years. But I put together these two teams, And I picked a year for each player. So it's one team, it's a, you know, starting five and then a 10 man rotation, just one position in each bench spot um, of players who were drafted by the Lakers, brought up by the Lakers. They were not imported. And then the imported Lakers, you know, vice versa. So the teams, and again, let me know what you think, which team would win in a seven game playoff series point guard. We always got magic Johnson and I picked 89, 90 magic. Um, You know, for my, my, my money's worth, you know, I think that was the best version of magic. Um, it was the only time that he actively shot the three-point ball. He shot thirty-eight point four percent from um, in three point four attempts per game. He averaged 21, 11, and six, um, and it was the best season of his career with win shares and value over replacement player (VORP). Um, so he was fantastic. Then you could take any version of Magic, though, for being honest. I took oh five oh six Kobe. That was eighty-one point Kobe. Should have been MVP. Kobe was an MVP. Kobe, but I'm taking this over MVP. Kobe. Uh, he averaged thirty-five five and four. Um, and you know, it's Kobe, you, what else can I say? Um, small Ford, I'm going Elgin Baylor. Um, I would argue he's one of the greatest players in NBA history. Well, he absolutely is one of, I would argue he probably is the greatest player in NBA history to not win a championship. Um, granted the the competition level back then was much different, but the numbers he was putting up and he's just so overlooked. It's insane. You know, even Laker fans, you know, when you ask a Laker fan, you know, who's the Lakers all times greats, like Elgin Baylor is not someone that most fans think of quickly. You know, Jerry West has mentioned before him. Um, even someone like a James Worthy who we'll get to and uh, Pau Gasol might be mentioned w- before him. And Baylor was absolutely better than all those guys. Um, the 61, 62 Baylor, which was the third season, second season that the Lakers were actually in Los Angeles, averaged 38 and 18. That's insane. That, that's just insane. Uh, power forward, James Worthy, a little bit of a small ball team, but I'm, I'm playing him at the, at the four. Also another player from 89, 90 um, same season as magic. Again, traditional stats, or I mean uh, advanced stats were the best, you know, career high VORP and win shares. Um, and it was actually the only season of his career where he got double digit win shares. He averaged 25 and three. And, you know, we know he, he's the fifth best player on this team and we know he could fit with any superstars. Uh, center, George, Micon, uh, 50, 51. Um, he was, you know, dominant back in the day. This is the Minneapolis Lakers day days. How good would he be? Modern days. I don't think he would be fantastic, honestly, compared to the centers we have on the other team. Um, But the numbers he put up back then, and the championships he led the team to, like obviously you have to include him and just assume, you know, maybe he's eighty percent of what he was if he played modern day players. But uh, he averaged twenty eight and fourteen, and he was, I believe, a four time All Star. Led him to five championships. He was their first superstar, really, um, way back in the fifties. And then the bench five five men. We got Jerry West. Obviously, I mean, I had to pick Magic over Jerry. Sorry, I could have put Jerry at the two, but I'm not going to pick him over Kobe. We have Gail Goodrich, who ironically could be homegrown and imported because he was homegrown, then left, then came back, kind of like Derek Fisher. But we're going to include those guys as homegrown Lakers because they were first brought up by the Lakers. Uh, Gail Goodrich, fantastic. you know. We have AC Green, kind of the gritty defender, Iron Man off the bench. We have Vern Mickelson, another guy from Mike era, who I don't know how well he would be um, against modern players, but he put up good numbers and he won championships. Um, and then I had, I believe, 2009, 2010, Andrew Bynum, um, Andrew Bynum's a weird one to be on this team, an all-time Lakers team. His prime was really short, but let's not forget how dang good he was in his prime. Um, that's the one thing, you know, obviously you love Kobe and whatnot, but, you know, trying to pretend like he didn't have help in those finals when those finals years. You know, Bynum was a fantastic number three as a center. Um, he had help. Um, I believe the 11-12 Bynum is actually the one I took before he hurt his knee and kind of, you know, his career pretty much ended after that. Uh, he averaged 18 and 11, or 18.7 and 11.8. Um, he's just fantastic. He's just a great center, short-lived prime, only a one-time all-star. He was an all NBA that year, um, off the bench as the 10th guy set backup center. Like, you know, that's, that's fantastic. Um, and then the imported Lakers, obviously at point guard, LeBron James, uh, we didn't really have any great guards. So we had to go with LeBron James here, which is kind of fitting. Cause we're taking last year's LeBron. And that was the closest version to a point guard that we've ever seen him. Um, He's listed as a point guard on basketball reference, but he pretty much started at the three, you know, and Avery Bradley started at the one, but he operated it because Avery Bradley was a one guard who could guard other one guards, but didn't need the ball, you know, didn't really take it up court and whatnot. So LeBron acted as the offensive point guard. He was a three, let's be honest, but he started point guard here. Uh, He averaged 25, 10 and seven. He was the runner up MVP. This obviously isn't the best version of LeBron James. You know, we're not getting prime LeBron, like we're getting prime Kobe and magic, but we are still getting a damn good LeBron James in the championship LeBron James at that. Um, this team's weird. We had to get weird shooting guard. I went with Jamal Wilkes, who was a uh, three or three slash four back in the day, back in the Showtime Lakers. Um, I think he could absolutely be a two guard. He didn't shoot the three well in his career, but he also didn't really shoot the three. And, you know, the game was different. He had a weird shot, but he had a good shot. So I think if, you know, with modern practice and whatnot and. The philosophy of today's game. I think he would be an average three-point shooter at worst. Um, you know, he's a he was a good slasher. He was you know smooth with the basketball, kind of just getting to the rim, dishing it, doing all those things. He can do everything a two-guard can do. Uh, he's two-guard size. Um, I took eighty, eighty-one version of him. He averaged twenty-two, five and two on fifty-two percent shooting, and that was like a lot of mid-range and whatnot. So, good shooter. Now, at small forward, I went with Anthony Davis. <laughs> Uh, the power forward slash center of the Los Angeles Lakers from last season, 2019, 2020 went with small forward. And again, you'll see why, when I tell you the other people that went with his team, but you know, out of everyone, I would rather have him at the three than my bench guy. Um, and he could theoretically play the three. I mean, LeBron plays the three and you know, LeBron's better with the ball in his hands, but Anthony Davis can space the floor. He didn't shoot great last year, but he's shooting better this year, but we're taking last year's version. So, but he can shoot, you know, he can go in the block. He can, you know, work in the post, um, He'd be a huge three and he wouldn't be a traditional three, but he's someone who could guard the other team's three or even two. Even the point guard, he could really guard all five positions. Um, as the three on this team, it's quirky, but I mean, you kind of have to put him there when you have Kareem Abdul Jabbar and Shaquille O'Neal as your power forward and center. I went with 90, uh, 76 seventy six seventy seven, Kareem won an MVP with the Lakers that year, averaged 26, 13, and three blocks per game. Um, you know, he's not a traditional modern power forward. He's not a stretch four. He's not all those things. But, you know, I do think he would be a better fit at the four than Shaq because he can, you know, stretch it a little bit, you know, uh, skyhook and whatnot. Um, and then we have Shaq from 99-2000, his MVP year. Um, just dominant. I mean, he averaged uh, 29.7 points per game. He led the league 13.6 boards, three blocks. Um, and just that front court would be – it would be fantastic. Um, they obviously can't space the floor. They're not going to shoot threes. But they would just dominate. And, you, I mean, you compare that to – uh, the other team, which is James Worthy and George Micon, Um I would think those two would have their hands full, and that was probably the biggest mish- mismatch between you know the positions, because um, you have LeBron and Magic, kind of similar players. Um, Wilkes could guard Kobe. I mean, obviously not like great. No one could guard Kobe great, but he he'd be fine. Uh, AD can guard anyone on that team, and then you have Kareem and Shaq matching up against Worthy and you know Micon, who was great for his time, but his time was seventy years ago. Um, that's just brutal. Uh, and then the bench. The bench is nowhere close to as good as the other bench. Uh, we have Gary Payton from 2003, 2004. Actually, was sneaky decent. Um, not great, but sneaky decent. Uh, we have Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. I don't remember from what year, but he's actually going climbing up the all-time Lakers ranks, which is hilarious. Um, he's our bench two guard, three and D. You know, played good in the finals, or in the playoffs and the finals. Uh, we have Lamar Odom as our three. We have Pau Gasol as our backup four, and we have Wilt Chamberlain as our backup five. So obviously, the imported Lakers have a massive advantage in terms of size. I mean, they have AD, Kareem, Shaq, Odom, Pow, and Will all, you know, manning the front court. Um, that's just a mismatch, especially when you look at the bench homegrown Lakers, you know, and you have, uh, you know, Mickelson again, older guy, AC Green's gritty, great defender. He'll be fine. Andrew Bynum again, solid, but I would take anyone, any of the bigs on the other team over Bynum and Mickelson. Um, and that includes, you know, Powell and Lamar and even Will Chamberlain, not prime Will Chamberlain, but still NBA finals MVP, Will Chamberlain. So that's the imported and the homegrown Lakers. Again, wanted to bring that up on the pod. Want to get your guys's input, what you thought, um, you know, reading some of the comments on Lake show life. Um, Tito Cruz said he thinks the imported Lakers have four of the six best players in the game. So he's gone with them. Um, late show didn't pick, but he's just counting about titles. Interesting. Um and then Eric, premium role players, homegrowns, uh Michael Cooper and Derek Fisher, obviously. Those are two solid additions We just capped it at ten. Imports McAdoo and horry Um again, two really solid additions but again we capped it at ten. Maybe you could make a case for horry over like KCP, but Hori wasn't really a two guard. Um or not Hori, McAdoo, but McAdoo obviously wasn't a two guard, he's a big man. Um but we went position by position. So let me know what you think. Leave a comment on the article, leave it a review on the Lake show life podcast, uh, tweet me, whatever, whatever way you can uh, let your voice be heard. I want to hear what people think. Cause I'm really split. I actually don't have an answer. I lean homegrown Lakers, but I don't know. I, I don't know only cause it's a better, um, positional fit with each other. Whereas obviously the imported Lakers are, you know, super quirky. <laughs> um, but let me know what you think. Um, as for the game, Golden State Warriors, Monday night, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Sorry if you're a Lakers fan on the East Coast. Uh, that must be brutal. These All these games starting at 10 o'clock. I couldn't imagine. Um, Warriors aren't as good as expected. Obviously, Klay Thompson being out is huge. Draymond didn't play the first week and a half of the season. Steph took a little bit to kind of turn it on. But they've been better recently. You know, Obviously, still, they're not going to be the... The same Warriors from a few years ago I mean no one expected that but I think we did expect a little bit better um, and maybe that's our own fault you know a supporting cast of Ubre, Wiggins Wiseman isn't terrible but they haven't really been playing great so I know you know Wiggins isn't a great defender and you know Ubre is just shooting so terribly I uh, shoot 19% from beyond the arc on five point five five and a half attempts per game that's just that's, like, that's got to be historically bad. I'm going to have to look that up. If any player's ever averaged under 20% from three while taking five threes a game, um, that might be a new low. I mean, he's shooting worse than Draymond, you know, for crying out loud. Um, but they're still a sneaky team. You know, they're second in pace. They're going to pick up the pace. And if they get going, they get going. If Steph has his hot night, you know, you can't stop him. He's just going to drain threes. He's averaging 28, and, 28, 6, and 5, having a really solid year. Um, and it, it's just kind of containing Steph. Really, what it is? I mean, the Lakers have a a big advantage, you know, in size wise. I believe, Um, experience, obviously, you know, it's if it sounds weird to say that about the Warriors, but besides Draymond and Steph, you know, who's really got you know valuable experience? I mean, Kevon Looney, sure, um, I I guess, but you know, it's it's an interesting matchup. Lakers are more talented, but I wouldn't discount the Warriors. Um, Our purple and gold players, if you do not know, they are non superstar players on both teams. Uh, that we're focusing on. Purple is a player on the Warriors or whoever the Lakers playing on that specific podcast episode that the Lakers need to focus on stopping to ensure a win. The gold is a role player on the Lakers that I think is going to have a big game, not necessarily like has to have a big game to win, but I think is going to have a big game. Um, And I went with the two bigs. I went purple player, James Wiseman. I went gold player, Mark Gasol. Um, I think, you know, Steph is either going to cook or he's not going to cook. I don't think obviously you want to scheme up stuff to slow him down, but he's just one of those things where if he's hot, he's hot. And no matter what you do, you know, he's, you're not going to stop him. Uh, Wiggins is going to get his 15, uh, Draymond, you know, he's not an offensive threat, so you don't really want to focus on him too much offensively at least. And that leaves you with Wiseman, you know, who's having a decent rookie year so far. He's averaging, you know, 11 and six, 11 and six, not great rebounding numbers. Um, space in the floor a little bit. He's shooting 40%, but he's only attempting 1.3 per game. Um, And, you know, he's a seven footer and that's the one, like I said, the one area I feel like the Lakers, you know, they have the size, you know, advantage, but I don't like the Lakers backup depth at the position. And this is just going to be a case of Wiseman, the rookie going against the veteran and Gasol. Gasol is going to shut him down. Hopefully, you know, take away some of the pick and rolls and whatnot from Steph Curry. And then offensively, you know, defensively Gasol is going to do great in that aspect. Offensively, I think he's going to get a few more chances to kind of stretch the floor Maybe knock down some shots. Uh, Just, you know, kind of do a little bit more. He hasn't really – he's been good while he's out there. He just hasn't done much. So by the naked eye, he's not playing that great of basketball. He's averaging uh, 4, 5, and – what is that? 4, 5, and 2. But, you know, he's got a lot of those, uh you know, hockey assists and whatnot, um, you know, where he's the guy passing to the guy who passes to the, you know, the second pass in an assist tree. You guys know what I'm saying. Um, I think it's veteran versus rookie. I think – you know, when I look at it, he's kind of the most dangerous role player in terms of can swing a game. I don't think Wiggins or Oubre have it in him to swing a game. And I think then it's going to come up to Marcus Gasol, and he knows that, and he's going to kind of teach the rookie a little thing or two, and he's going to play a good game because of it. Um, At least maybe that's me being optimistic because I kind of – I've been waiting for that marquee Marcus Gasol game. Obviously, you know, expecting him to be prime Marc Gasol is unfair to him. But, you know, he he could do a little bit more. um, In terms of betting – So every game I do the betting odds, I pick against both against the spread and the point total, the odds in this game, the Lakers, courtesy of BetMGM, um and the action network. Lakers are nine and a half point favorites at the time of recording with a two twenty four point five uh over under. Now it's been rough. Uh I obviously picked I picked the Rockets game last episode and then I I wrote an article for the Pelicans game in which I picked Pelicans plus nine and a half over two nineteen and a half. Um I thought the Pelicans were gonna cover they didn't, so you know that was brutal. My record going into that game was eleven and eleven. So the Pelicans did not cover, so that was an L. So eleven and twelve, and then two nineteen and a half. The final score was one twelve plus ninety five. Why is my brain not working right now, guys? I I feel I feel so dumb right now. One twelve plus. I know people are screaming like it's this number, you idiot. Two oh seven. So uh, go for two. That's really bad, 0 for 2. That puts me at 11 and 13 on the year. Maybe I need to have more faith in the Lakers. Um, I say that. <sighs> See, here's what here's the problem with this game. The Lakers. I have a little model that I do, you know, where I put in some numbers and whatnot. You know, listeners know I've talked about it before. And the final score that my model, you know, pumped out was Lakers 119, Warriors 10. Now I've been going against the model. You know, I had the Lakers winning by nine as nine and a half point favorites. They won by more than that, obviously, but I went against it. I said, well, I technically actually went with it saying the Pelicans were going to cover, but, you know, that said it was going to be a blowout game. The game against the Thunder said it was going to be a blowout game, but I thought both teams would, you know, backdoor cover. Is this the one where I go with the Lakers only for them to hurt my heart and, um, you know, not cover? I think it is. So, again, I'm not going to have faith. I'm going to have faith in the Lakers winning the game. But I'm going to have faith in Steph Curry and Draymond Green showing up in a big game, a nationally televised game, and at least giving us a close game. So I'm going to take Warriors plus 9.5. And, and that means I'm going to take the over 224 and a half as well. Um, again, I think the Lakers are the more talented team, but this is just going to be one of those games where Steph has it going and you know him having it going is going to you know get the other guys going and whatnot. And I think it's going to be a really fun back-and-forth game where the Lakers are kind of leading for most of the way, but the Warriors are going tit for tat. You know, one of those games where the Lakers are like up six the whole time, but the Warriors, you know, bring it down to two and then maybe take a quick lead and the Lakers pull back away. Um, but the Lakers can never fully pull away from it just because, you know, Steph is cooking and whatnot. Um, Lakers have much better depth, which could be huge. Uh, the bench could absolutely swing this a lot. Um, I could see the Lakers bench outscoring the Warriors bench by 20 and just, you know, killing this, you know, cover, but I'm I'm gonna have faith in Steph that he covers. And maybe again it's not the smartest thing to do. But the Lakers covering, you know, three straight big lines in a row isn't no like four or five, you know, they've blowouts. Um they're due for a, bit, a close game. So I think it's gonna be a close game. So I'm gonna keep my score for the Lakers at one nineteen, and I'm gonna go Warriors one thirteen. So I have the Lakers winning by six, like I said, uh two thirty two point total, that's well over the two twenty four and a half. And I need a two and o day. I really do, because you know, 11 and 13 is terrible. And I need to at least get back to 500 before I even think about having a winning record. Um, you know, so I think the Lakers are going to get the job done. They should get the job done. Of course, there's always the, the chance for a surprise. If I was you, I would not bet on this game either way. These are one of those toss up games. When I have a line like nine and a half and my model spits out either nine or 10, those are all stayaways. Like you just, you, you stay away from those wagering actual money. It's just too close to call. Um, so there's that. But I got the Lakers winning, winning by six. I got the overhitting. And, you know, they're going to get some momentum. And, you know, they got the Milwaukee game on Thursday. We're going to come back at you on Wednesday. We'll talk about the Warriors game a little bit. It's going to be a little bit of old news because it was two days old. I'm going to preview the Bucks game. We are going to get a guest for Thursday. That is my promise, my Reedies guarantee. I will get a guest. If I don't, you can hold it against me. Also, don't forget, I said this last podcast episode, in case anyone forgot or didn't listen, m creamer. Coffee Mate M&M's Creamer, brand new. Go to your local grocery store, pick it up. Uh, Kahlua Coffee, I believe that's the name of it. No, Kahlua might be alcoholic. Koana, I don't know the name of the brand, but it's one of the K-Cups, Keurig Cups um, coffee. It's like the Hawaiian brand. Mocha Macadamia Nut. Um, you're going to get that. You're going to pop it in your Keurig, if you have a Keurig, of course. You're going to get the M&M's Creamer, and you're going you're gonna to drink it, and you're going to drink it next time you listen to the podcast because it is a, a blessing on earth. Uh, I've enjoyed it every day since the last time we recorded, and it's just going to be the reoccurring thing where at the end of every podcast, I'm going to remind the listeners and enlighten the listeners to go buy these things. Um, Free advertisement for Coffee Mate and for this uh, Kelowna or whatever. I've said it three different times, three different ways. Um, Free advertising. I don't care. It's so delicious. I am willing to free advertise, and if they hear this, maybe they can advertise with us. I'll read an actual ad, and maybe those – you don't have to pay me. You can just send me some free coffee. Um, I don't know if my bosses will allow that, but we'll see. Um, so make sure you get on that. Uh, coming back at you on Wednesday with a guest, guaranteed. Um, and let's just have fun watching the Lakers tomorrow. Uh, no play, no football, obviously. That's happening right now at the time recording this. And it's just basketball, baby. Nothing better than it. In the meantime, everyone, go Lakers. I, I be